For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to the Believe in the Cowboys podcast. I'm Paul Catalina. Here on the Believe Podcast Network, Dallas's number one podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in Dallas and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? Today on the show, Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones both spoke at the Combine. Going to go heavy on McCarthy in this episode. Little Jerry Nugget at the end about Des Bryant. Very interesting. Very, very, very Jerry. But he always likes to kick up some dust and get people talking. And before we jump in, just a reminder, please, if you enjoy the show, subscribe, rate it on iTunes. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, all of that. And on Believe.com and at Believe Podcasts on Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter at Paul Catalina or on Instagram at Paul Catalina 56 And if you're interested in advertising on the show, and why wouldn't you be, please contact Believe at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And again, let's get right into it. Mike McCarthy spoke at the Combine. And I know he's not going to be that great of a soundbite as someone who covers the Cowboys and has for over a decade now. He's better than Jason Garrett. And Jason Garrett, for all of his flaws, the one that drove me nuts the most was he was so robotic in the press conferences because as a reporter, that's what you got to go and cover all the time. Training camp, I mean, heck, for 20 minutes or so a day. How we doing, guys? And everything was very robotic. Mike McCarthy seems to be a little bit different. Likes to yuck it up just a little bit. But that's that that is... That is kind of inside talk from the media of, you know, how do you enjoy a press conference? You don't care about that. You just want the info. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to bring it to you. I say we. It's just me right now, but we'll always have guests on this show. We're going to have a good time. This is episode two. I hope you tuned in episode one. If you didn't tune in episode one, you can. Just go download it. Last time we talked about offseason needs for the Cowboys and things we're going to get into. But since Mike McCarthy made his debut at the NFL Combine as Cowboys coach, obviously he was there before when he was head coach of the Packers, we're going to get into all of that. The top issue, of course, is Dak Prescott. That was the first issue we brought up in the last episode. It's the first issue we're going to talk about now. So I'll play a couple sound bites for you right off the bat here about Dak Prescott. The first one here is kind of just an update on where Dak is and 
if Mike McCarthy thinks he's a franchise quarterback. Dak Prescott, oh, definitely. I mean, it's 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 exactly where we want to be uh, with Dak. I think what he's done uh, to this point, you know, speaks to itself. I mean, and really, Dak is in a he's in a business situation right now. I've, I've gone through this as a head coach with a number of my players in the past, and I think, like uh, you know, like anything, it's just time to be patient and, and let the let the business uh, people work out the business matter, and and that's really where that's really where we are as an organization, and, and that's where Dak is in his personal flight to, to get to get a contract done. Right off the bat, he says absolutely, absolutely thinks Dak is a franchise quarterback. And why wouldn't Dak be a franchise quarterback? I know that a lot of Cowboy fans are unhappy with Dak or think that they could do better at quarterback, but I'm going to break some really harsh news to you if you believe that. Quarterbacks don't grow on trees. There's not a farm that you can go to. They're not built in a lab. They're not RoboCop. And is Dak Prescott the kind of quarterback that's going to win three or four Super Bowls? Probably not. There's not many of those guys out there. Tom Brady just doesn't pop up. Troy Eggman doesn't just pop up. But is he a quarterback that could win you a Super Bowl or two? Hell yeah, he is. That's for dang sure. You say, but Paul, how how do we believe this? How do we know this? Lots of quarterbacks that are on the same to lesser skill level than Dak Prescott have won Super Bowls. Trent Dilford, Joe Flacco, Mark Rippon, Jeff Hostetler, Nick freaking Foles. All of them won Super Bowls. It's not just about the quarterback. The quarterback has to be at his peak at the time, most likely, you know, save Peyton Manning, who was at the end of his run when he won with the Broncos, and that was all about defense. Most of the time, when a team wins the Super Bowl, their quarterback is in that season at his peak. And Dak's about to hit a heck of a stride. Just had his best year statistically. So, yes, he's a franchise quarterback. And according to Mike McCarthy... He's also a championship quarterback. Well, I think, you know, number one, uh, you just look what he's done in, in his time in, in the league. I mean, I think he's he's been impressive. I know he's, I've been impressed with him since the first time I saw him play live, you know, in, up, up, up in Green Bay uh, when, they, when they came to, to Lambeau there. Uh, so, you know, first impressions I think are, are very important when you, when you see quarterbacks on the field because, it, it you know, in-person evaluations – particularly at that position, I, I, I've always carried more weight uh, as, as far as how I felt about a player. So uh, I think he's, he's gone off to a great start. He's, he's built a really good foundation. Um, I'm told he's a tremendous leader. So in, in my philosophy, as we, as we get with you know, the, the personnel department and as we go through that, I mean, the defense, defenses get you to the championship. The, the quarterbacks win championships, and I, and I definitely feel Dak is, is that quarterback. If you build enough around Dak, and that's just not on offense. They've built on offense. They need consistency on offense, which we'll get to in a second. And I think it's one of the biggest reasons when you hear the clip that we're about to hear that that decision was made. But if there's consistency on offense built on growing Dak's ability and doing what he does well, and what Zeke Elliott does well, 
and what Amari Cooper does well, and Michael Gallup, and whoever the tight end's going to be, whether it's Blake Jarwin or somebody else, and using that offensive line to the best of its abilities, then they're going to have a Super Bowl caliber offense. And they may have even had one last year, save for some inconsistencies. The bigger problem last year was defense. But it's also about building the defense consistently on the uh, on the other side of Dak. Which is, they never really did that much during Romo's tenure. And it looked like they were headed that way until nothing seemed to work out this year. Leighton Van Der Esch was hurt. Jalen Smith looked to regress a little bit. but just didn't have as good of a year. DeMarcus Lawrence was catching double teams all season long. They didn't get much push up the middle. The secondary was a disaster. No turnovers. Maybe a tired philosophy on defense. That's what you have to do on the other side of Dak. The other thing you need to give him and the offense and the team is some consistency, which is why Kellen Moore was retained. Not only was Kellen Moore retained, but he gets play calling duty. Something that Mike McCarthy and Green Bay said over his dead body he would relinquish. Relinquish, I'm sorry. Play calling duties. And he said that because he was a guy who wanted control of all of that. But one thing you hear constantly from Mike McCarthy so far is how this year off changed his perspective, made him look at things differently, was huge for his family. He's definitely a changed man, and that's good. That's a good thing. It's growth and change. It's good. He knows that Dak needs some consistency. And while they're going to change the system, he feels they have something good in Kellen Moore. And I do believe Kellen Moore was a little bit highly suggested to him. But most of the coaching staff is all McCarthy's guys. So yeah, was Kellen Moore highly suggested to him? Probably. But he still had carte blanche to do what he wanted to do. So Kellen Moore is back and he is calling the plays. And here's Mike McCarthy on why Kellen Moore is doing that and why the big change from his previous stance from when he was the Packers of where it was never going to happen that somebody else was going to call the plays. I have a new job, so uh, I, I get to start over and take all those never again statements back. But uh, no, I, I think when you just look at the, the big picture, um, you know, these decisions that that, um, that I'm making, uh, particularly early in my tenure, I've had a lot of time to think about it. Uh, I've had a chance to study the opportunities that were in front of me uh, for quite some time. And, and Dallas was the one opportunity that, that was, was something I felt was important to keep the current offense in place because of the success that they've had in the past. You know, the productivity um, on offense is very high. So there's, there, there, there will always be things that are different. I think anytime you have a coaching change, that's, that's obvious. Um, our approach to offense will change. Uh, the design of how we, we put things together will be different. But it's important to build off of the successful concepts and particularly the language that's in place. Uh, and I, and I'm, I'm excited to work with Kellen, and uh, I've really enjoyed our, our meetings. Uh, so I really like the way he looks at the game. So, yeah, things are going to be a little different on offense. But Kellen Moore keeps it consistent. The offense gained a bunch of yards last year. And, yeah, they weren't as consistent as they should have been. 
But part of that was there was a lot of things just going on emotionally with that team inside the locker room that are even kind of hard to describe. Just they were kind of in a funk and a rut. They didn't really even know it until it was too late. Most of the time that happens. They always had Jason Garrett's back, but his his message just gotten tired. They kind of been spinning their wheels, and that's why Jason Garrett's gone and Mike McCarthy's there. But you see that Kellen Moore did a great job last year changing up the offense and making things different. Great job. That's probably an, ex- an overestimation. He did a good job, and it would be kind of crazy for an a unit that they went up to get rid of the offensive coordinator if you feel like you can work with him and you feel like he is helping your quarterback grow. And again, Dak Prescott's contract issues notwithstanding, he's going to be the quarterback for the Cowboys next year. The only question remains is, is it a long-term deal? Do they get it done before training camp, before the deadline, before he has to play under the franchise tag? And is there any kind of holdout? We'll see. I don't think so, but, you know, I didn't think Zeke was going to hold out last year, and he did. And that was probably to his detriment. Didn't really hit his stride until later in the year. But consistency, that's important. Not only to Zach, but to Zeke as well. Another question that arises out of this is Mike McCarthy, in his tenure with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, they kind of forgot about the running game. Kind of just left it out there. You know, occasionally they'd have a running back that was okay, but they never really had a good one. And not until Matt LaFleur takes over this year does a running back have a have a, an outstanding season. And that was Aaron Jones was fantastic this year. In fact, was dominant against the Cowboys. I believe he scored three or four touchdowns in that game. Was absolutely fantastic. But he kind of forgot about the running back. But he never had a Zeke Elliott. And the other thing about that tenure in Green Bay is that Ted Thompson, Mike McCarthy, Aaron Rodgers, all three of them were kind of on different pages. And changes need to be made. You don't get rid of Aaron Rodgers, but moving on the head coach who's not getting along with the quarterback is a good thing. Changing out the front office is a good thing. If you've got someone like Aaron Rodgers and you need to try something anew. And Aaron Rodgers had a really good season this year. In fact, the Packers were fantastic. Got a first round bye in the playoffs. Could not do anything about that 49ers running game and 49ers in the Super Bowl and the Packers aren't. But that has nothing to do with the Cowboys or Zeke Elliott other than to say that Mike McCarthy knows that when you've got thoroughbreds, you let the thoroughbreds run in spite of your system. Well, I mean, it really, I mean, it, the, making a quarterback su- successful, I think, is really common sense. I mean, it's it's really the, you know, part of the bylaws and, and how the West Coast offense was designed. So, I mean, it, that's what I always believe in. But, you know, because he touches the ball every play. I mean, and he's the, he's the player that's going to have the, the ball in his hand at the most critical part of the game, you know, in the fourth quarter. But, you know, as far as your playmakers, you know, you, you you know, there's you got five premier positions. Obviously, running backs one of them, and you get you get the ball to your playmaker. So uh, Zeke will touch the football, you know, plenty in in our offense. So I mean, really, so when I say it's all about the quarterback, it's not taken away. You know, someone has to give the ball to the playmaker. So it makes sense to you know to, to develop that way. But yeah, Zeke Zeke will be a primary focus for us offensively. 
So Zeke's still going to be a major part of the offense. They're not going to go pass happy like Aaron Rodgers in the last couple years of McCarthy in Green Bay. They're going to work Zeke as well they should. He's the best player on the entire team. So no need to worry about the Cowboys going away from what their strengths are. Their offensive line's built to a certain kind of offense. Yes, he'll integrate some West Coast techniques, but plenty of West Coast running backs have had big years. And I can tell you just based on thinking about it and the kind of receivers that come out of those West Coast offenses when it comes out of running backs, Roger Craig, Ricky Waters, Marshall Falk, even though Marshall Falk in St. Louis, Mike March's offense was was sort of West Coast themed, but but completely different. Kind of even a precursor to some of the, the big wide open spreads we have. I say precursor, but maybe an offshoot of some of that Air Coriel stuff, plus some West Coast concepts that they ran with the greatest show on turf. But all those running backs caught the ball really well, which Zeke does fantastically. So he's a fantastic receiver of the backfield. So I think his total yards may even go up in this system with Mike McCarthy and Kellen Moore calling the plays. Which is only going to be good news. If Zeke Elliott's got the ball in his hands more and more, that's good news for the Cowboys. So never fear. Zeke will be there. Not going to forget about him or move away from it just because it's not what he does. Another issue, wide receivers. Two of the top ones are free agents in Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb. Now, Amari Cooper remains to be seen what the Cowboys wind up doing with him, but I still, in my heart of hearts, cannot believe that they're going to let him walk. Jerry Jones does not let guys that good just leave. They'll figure out a way to get it done. There might be some 11th hour stuff going on with both Dak and Amari. It's going to be crazy to see. But also, Randall Cobb played the first part of his career with Mike McCarthy. The majority of his career with Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. Had his best seasons with Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. So, it would stand to reason that if the Cowboys and Randall can get a deal worked out, that that's a no-brainer to keep him. I think he wants to stay. He has affection for Mike McCarthy. In fact, the day of the introductory press conference, the first player there waiting for Mike McCarthy, none other than Randall Cobb, who knows him well. And likes Dallas, just got married. All those factor in, in maybe your willingness to negotiate a little bit more. But if another team comes in and gives you more money and more years, you got to bolt. But keeping Randall Cobb would be a good idea, and Mike McCarthy clearly wants to do that. I, th- I think definitely. I mean, the goal is to have both both those guys back. And, you know, just, you know, Amari, I thought he, you know, having a chance to get through all the tape as a staff, you know, he, he did a lot of great things on tape. And, and it really looks like he's in sync with, with Dak. And, and, and I'd even say Randall even more so. I was real, I was very impressed with, with Randall last year. I mean, he's, you know, he was banged up uh, a couple of years prior to that. But I, I, thought he, I thought he had a heck of a season in Dallas last year. I was very impressed with his video. Now, he's at the Combine, so you'd think it would eventually get around to what their specific needs are, what he thinks they are. Mike McCarthy's a little too shrewd for that. Anything you hear at the Combine when it comes to we like this guy or we like that guy is often subterfuge and smoke and mirrors and very rarely we like this guy and we're going to draft him because unless you have the first pick, there's really nothing you can do about that. 
You know, you're at the mercy of everyone else. And if you say we like this guy, we're going to draft him, and you have the first pick, say you wanted to trade it, then it's going to be harder and harder for people to pick up the phone and call you if you want to make that big deal. So what do you what do you do if you're the Cowboys? What are you looking for? Well, Mike McCarthy was a little bit more vague on their needs, but one of the things he did say, and this is not in this clip, but he's reiterated several times, is he wants to keep as many of the guys from the past team on the roster as they can. He likes veteran-laden teams. And, like most people, there's a belief around the league that the Cowboys are close to being a championship-caliber team. Now, that happens all the time. It's been a quarter of a century. We don't know if they really are or not. But they're good enough to where they're something away from being a team that should be able to get to that next level, which they haven't been able to do in a long, long, long time. But when asked about their draft needs and what he's looking for or how he builds a roster, this is what McCarthy had to say. Well, I, I think, you know, when you talk about needs, you, you, you can't have enough good football players. And I always point to my past experience in 2010 uh, when we won the – all right. So uh, – 2010, we there's uh, you know it took 77 players to win a Super Bowl. So, um, so I've, I've never really, you know, I'm not a believer in you're one player away or two players away from from winning a championship. So, uh, you have to, you want to, you know, have as many veterans as you possibly can. I'm, I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to coach a more experienced football team. Uh, but that you know, that rookie class is so important and and really. Bringing that veteran group and that rookie class together is, is really where the really good teams take a big step, particularly in November. So just paying attention more to those those types of things and making sure that how we install and, and how we lay out this offseason program, we're able to get the veterans up to snuff, but more importantly, when that rookie orientation, when that new group comes in, that we can, we can get these guys meshed as fast as we can. So not a whole lot there, but you see what his intent is to have a roster that's ready to go in November and getting rookies that are mostly ready to play. I think with a veteran-laden team, that's what you want, is you want your young players to be able to step in and contribute regularly by the middle of the season. The Cowboys have actually done pretty well with that in the last few years, the two biggest busts being, of course, Taco Charlton, who is in Miami now, and to this point... Tristan Hill, who really didn't play that much last year. And most of that was due to kind of attitude problems. Work ethic and all that. That's a hard thing for people to to change. Especially when they're rookies. And that was kind of the knock on them coming out of college, which it was on Tristan Hill coming out of UCF. But you see the focus is going to be Guys who can contribute early on. That means football IQ guys. Guys who are probably bigger, already more developed in the weight room. People you don't have to wait and put a lot on. Which is really in line with what they've been doing for a while. Will McClay and Steven Jones have pointed this team in the direction of bigger school guys. They want guys who have played on the biggest stage. They want guys who have played against the biggest talent. So you're going to get Power 5 guys or Boise State guys, a lot of Boise State guys over the, the tenure. People who have played for elite coaches at the elite level 
and are ready to step in and be pros because they're playing against other pros. And I think that's the best tape that you can watch. If you're thinking about, hey, how's this guy going to be when he gets to the NFL? I think the best metric is when he played against other guys that are going to the league, how did he do? Did he win against those guys? Did he have big games against those guys? Then yeah, he's probably ready to go. That doesn't mean that sometimes you're not talented and just not developed yet. But those are the guys who are going to make the biggest impact. And after the Combine's over, next week, the Monday show, we'll talk more about the Combine Guys, I think, fit what the Cowboys do or where their needs are, where their picks are. We'll dive right into that. The other big talk of the Combine, of course, is the CBA. The pending changes. 17-game schedule and all that. Most of it's not going to change too much from the coach's perspective. But Mike McCarthy gave his thoughts on what he sees coming down the line when it comes to the CBA. I mean, the extra game. I, I think when I when I think of the seventeenth game, you know, I, and I also point to the to the preseason. I, I think the going to the third preseason game, you know, makes total sense. I think everybody's in a, in agreement on that. Um, you know, the fact that you could, you know, potentially have two weeks to get ready for your opener. I I, I like that. Um, I, I think it gives you a chance to really take a step back because you know that that, that last week is is difficult. Pick your 53. Make sure you're develop. You know, getting the young guys the opportunities, and but you're also trying to get ready for the opener. So I, I think going to three games makes perfect sense. I'm I'm excited about that. Uh, the extra playoff game I, I think is awesome. Uh, I think playoff football. There's there's nothing like playoff football. It's it's a whole different level, um, and you know everybody that's been involved in playoffs understands that. So, and I, I think it'll definitely be great for the fans. But uh, playoff football having an extra extra team in there I think will be awesome. Okay, that's all we've got for Mike McCarthy. And before the end of the show, let's get into this. Jerry Jones spoke to the media today, hour and 20 minutes on his bus. And Des Bryant's been making a lot of noise about how he's working out, ready to come back, would love to come back to the Cowboys, and suggested being the new Jason Witten, the red zone target. Here's Jerry Jones on a possible Dez Bryant return. I haven't talked to Dez, but I've been thinking about it a lot in the shower. I'm thinking about it. I also said not to dismiss it. So Jerry Jones says that the Cowboys are thinking about bringing back Dez Bryant. Now, if they bring back both Amari Cooper and Randall Cobb, the top three receivers are taken care of. So Des Bryant's a fourth receiver who won't play special teams. He's not going to be a gunner. Not going to run down on kickoffs. So that's value lost for a guy who hasn't played in two full seasons. And is coming off a year and a half ago, a devastating Achilles injury. Now look, he looks good in the videos. You watch him, he looked really good. Working out with Pat Mahomes looked really, really good. But that's the Underwear Olympics. And Des Bryant had regressed, which is why the Cowboys released him. Now, Jerry loves this stuff. He loves it. Loves I'm thinking about in the shower. That's like the glory hole comment. Or, you know, that's 
That's what he thinks about. But that little piece of information, I don't think is ever going to come to fruition. I don't think it makes a lot of sense. I'd be intrigued as hell if it does happen, but Des Bryant's not coming back to the Cowboys. Another thing that they're going to have to work out with Des is, is Des a good presence in that locker room right now? He was not a good presence. He had gotten kind of caustic and whiny and created a culture with the other wide receivers, including Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams, that was really difficult to deal with. Entitled, pugilistic even. And he's a good leader at times, but he had just gotten sour. So a new coaching staff, and he he thinks he's you know maybe got a shot to come back because nothing would make Des happier than being a Cowboy again. I mean, he was a Saint for a, a day before he got hurt. And I think Des wants to go out on a high note. I get it. But maybe it's just over for you, Des, and you're going to have to let that go. But I would love to see it you know, maybe happen somewhere else. And look, if it works out with the Cowboys, maybe it works out with the Cowboys, but he's at best the fourth wide receiver. And then what do you do? Is he a progress stopper for a young player? Someone who could be better. All right, that's going to do it for us. This is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and please rate us on iTunes. Next week on Monday, we'll recap the Combine. We'll dive into it. Who are some people of interest, persons of interest for the Cowboys? Where might they go? Where might they they look? This is the Believe in the Cowboys podcast on the Believe Podcast podcast network i'm paul catalina thank you so much until next time everybody without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today. And view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save-